The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby. Hi, yo, John Reno's, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 304. Three goes out to Mike Dunn, who's been dying for us to drop our episode. So there you go. Consider it done. Ha ha. Thanks for, to everyone for coming to the show. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox, one of your lovely hosts. Uh, we got UFC this week. It's kind of a big one, I've been told. UFC 285, the return of John Jones. We're what? We're recording this Wednesday. So we're what? Three days out. He hasn't pulled out of the fight yet. <laughs> The fight card, everyone has been shipped off to a different state to, to run the, the fight, uh, run the event. So maybe, just maybe it's going to happen. Actually, no fights, I think, have fallen off yet. So um, we'll get this recorded as quick as we can and post it as quick as we can because we know how these things work in MMA. So uh, this episode, for those new to the program, welcome, first of all. This episode is our prelim preview you could say well we're just doing all the prelim fights in this one which is not just uh not just prelims it's quite a few fights we got uh four six because nine fights oh my god we better get going here we get nine fights breakdown and it's basically as i said in the previous episode it's, it's basically a really solid fight night card um better than last week's fight night card if you just uh counted the the prelim fights on this card so um we shall get you picks for that and then tomorrow will be the main card um props Locks, dogs, parlays, all that fun stuff. So uh, let's bring in the brains of the operation. Um, it would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. So, so a couple of small rebuttals. Uh, we have lost. Rebuttals. We 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 have lost three fights uh, so far on this. Uh, although half oh, yeah, the fight true. stayed together. Replacements, though, right? Yeah, Cody Garbrandt was supposed to fight Julio Arce, Arce out of there, and now we got Trevin Jones. Uh, Esteban Rybolvic was supposed to fight Kimwela Kirk. Kimwela Kirk out, and now we have like Radzabanov or uh, Radzabov. And then, uh, of course, Dan Hooker's broken hand, uh, yeah. which we wound up, I think, getting a better fight out of that one at the end of the day. So, uh, oh, yeah, looking uh, forward to that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about that one on on tomorrow's show. Uh, yep. And and the other thing I will say is, is this the prelims better than a fight night card? I will say no, only because it lacks a headliner. Because mm, Brunson Duplices could be a headliner. Is it better though than Brendan Allen and Andre mm, Muniz, which we just shit on? No, last I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. But but yeah. the under uh ah, yeah, you know what? Fine. It might it actually <sighs> might be better now that I'm now that I so uh, difficult. Like it's just a throwaway <laughs> comment. I guess I've said it more than once though. So now you're gonna call me on it? Is that how it works? I mean I, I just you need to give me things to bounce off of when we start these episodes <laughs> and you forget that I when I bounce, I bounce high. He bounces. Yeah, it's true. He's rubber. Um, anyhow, it's a good fight card. Okay, are we gonna agree on that? It's usually it's the other great. way around here. It's great. I love it. Usually, I'm the bad cop. You're the good cop. We're reversing roles apparently uh, this episode. You know, I just you know, I just defend the apex cards till I die. That's, that's just what I do. It's true. 
you also hype up our contest. Tell everybody about the contest before we forget. Yeah, we're we're going into the last month of our uh, of our first quarter contest because it's just going to run for three months. So you've only got four events left to uh, to take home some of the prizes, and you can find the link to that either on our Twitter, which will pop up a couple of times throughout now between the end of the week, and it will pop up daily in our Discord. Uh, so make sure you join that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Um, and if you do that, you just have to put in one plus two hundred or better prop for your chance to win some sweet merch. Uh, there'll be some all, all kinds of different winners. The person who hits the most props over the time period. But if you haven't been playing along, you still got a chance to win because we're also going to give away uh, some prizes to the person who accumulates the most value and the person who hits the biggest prop. Um, so you could just play for one week and you could win. So hop on in there and uh, drop your prop bets. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely not too late to get in because it's not like people have been tearing it up with, with just, the pick either, right? Just, Except just for our, one man. Just our boy Dredney. Uh, <laughs> so right now, uh, and I can give you a quick little update because uh, we haven't done like a standings update no. on this prop contest yet. Um, I have uh, currently nine people have gotten, have hit one or more props, uh, but only one person has hit the or more of those props. Uh, and that's Dredney, who has a 350, a 650, and a 280 that he's oh hit. Oh, God. Uh, so he's cleaning everybody up right now. But again, you know, just one prop better than 650 could, uh, could <laughs> take home one. Yeah, that's all you got to do is you just got to hit one prop better than 650, and you could take home a big old prize. Well, maybe tomorrow we will give you a prop bigger than 650. You never know, right? You, ne- you never know. I got That would be something you would up. do, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. All right, let's uh, let's dig into this card because it's uh, as I said, it's uh, we got nine fights to get through. Uh, I wish if someone's gonna back out, just back out before we actually record this because um, I guarantee we're gonna lose at least one of these fights. It's just just the way it goes. But um, all right, before we get into it, I better tell you about the people that keep the lights on here. WinBet, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and the same game parlays, aka WinBet's build your own bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win. Getting down on other sports such as NBA, NFL, not NFL, NHL, how about hockey's still on, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for the gens, only if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. That's something Dredney should get in on. Uh, there's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And, of course, the SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. We got lots of March Madness themed uh, stuff in there. I'm probably not allowed to say that, but we have lots of uh, stuff that's good for this time of year. Let's say that uh, in the store. So check it out, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right. I'm having trouble talking already, and we just got started. This is going to be a good episode. Let's get into UFC 285 Jones versus Gain, March 4th. T-Mobile Arena, Paradise, Nevada, a.k.a. Las Vegas. It is a 14-fight card. We're going to uh, stick to the nine prelim fights now, starting with the early prelims, which are happening at 5.30 p.m. Tip-off, kick-off, punch-off, and it's uh, on ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass. Start with lightweights, Esteban Rebovitz versus Loik Radzhabov, or something like that. 
Ribovix, El Gringo is the nickname. He's 11 and 0, six knockouts, five submissions. This is his debut. He went one low in the contender series, won that fight via TKO. Multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. Six years younger than Radzhabov. An inch taller, an inch reach, plus 225. Radzhabov, Jaguar Paw is the nickname. 16, 4 and 1. Does he have a Jaguar Paw for a hand? I've never seen him fight. I, I, I don't think so. You've never seen him fight? He was he was all over PFL. Yeah, that's right. I probably did see him fight. And I think I would have noticed if he had a Jaguar Paw. You would. I think that would be cheating. I it would have been. It'd be inside the glove. Oh, that's true. Unless it's on <laughs> his feet. Anywho, um, <laughs> sixteen four and one is this man. He's seven knockouts, five submissions. He has never been finished in a fight. So very durable over twenty one fights. This is his short notice debut in the UFC. He's three and one over his last four, including uh, winning his last fight via submission. Was a regional champion. Four and four in PFL. Uh, used to fight at welterweight 2012 pro MMA debut minus 280. So explain to us why a newcomer on short notice is minus 280 Gumby against an undefeated man. Yeah. I mean, an infinitely stronger resume. Like, like when you look back and you see who Rod Zavoth has fought, uh, it's like a very good list of opponents, right? He beat Zach Zane by submission at Eagle FC, uh, for his last fight. Zach Zane's been all over Bellator. Um, you know, the the multiple fights with Alex Martinez, which were good. He beat Chris Wade, who was in the UFC, um, you know, majority draw with Islam Mamadov. Uh, you know, like he, he's just fought like a lot of high quality opponents. Manton Schultz, I, I didn't even mention Rosh Manfio. I didn't even mention. And when you look at Ribovich, like he is a guy who has fought not a murderer's row of opponents. Uh, you know, like his best opponent is probably Thomas Paul, the the uh, guy who he fought in contender series who, I mean, kind of like him, my, my breakdown of uh, Ribovic is just like, he, he's a big puncher uh, outside of being a big puncher. There's not really much to say about him. Um, do, do you know what promotion he came from to come to contender series? He's a samurai house, isn't he? He's a samurai fight house All guy. Right. Well, yeah. that, that, that makes my decision then. Cause we decided we are going to, we are going to uh, fade those guys. All yeah. It, and so I think he was a champ there too. What? Yeah, sure. I, <laughs> sure, I, I think, sounds good. I actually think you were the heavyweight champ of of Samurai Fighters. Yeah, for for point. short for short. I've minutes. never fought before, but yes, it's yeah, true. Yeah, but you got it. Um, so yeah, I, I I first of all have questions about his record, but in addition to that, too, the style matchup is just terrible for him. Rod Zaboff is a guy who you know gets into the clinch, he mixes things up. I mean, like he out wrestled Chris Wade in. You're you've got him up against a guy who like needs to be at range and needs to power punch. And it's just kind of like if that doesn't happen, what does he have? So, yeah, I think Rod Zaboff is just going to take him down. He's going to control him. And even if he doesn't, he's going to have him against the cage because he, he just does like a lot of really good cage work, too. So, yeah, give me Rod Zaboff here, despite the short notice and the uh, hefty price tag. All right. I, you saw me. I will take him, too, um, since I don't I don't remember either guy. I'm sure I've seen them both. Well, I've seen Ribovitz for sure. And he was in your, I think, short UFC career uh, is where you you put him after the contender series. Does that sound right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I paired him with a whole bunch of people who had uh, like quick KOs. And I was like, who the hell knows? Uh, yeah. Because like, you know, it, it's hard to tell with this guy. Like, I've never seen him fight somebody who could wrestle him in, uh, you know, if, if we're being honest, too. That burned me last week. Uh, you know, I was all over um, Fernandez, Gabby Fernandez, and like had just never seen her fight somebody who could out wrestle her. And, and, you know, she looked terrible. I think you're going to see a similar thing here with Ruba Bates. 
Yeah, I had fun with that that uh, pick though, Dan. I had that one right. All right. I know. I know. You We're not living in the past, so we we have new fights to to argue over. We're not arguing that one though. Let's move to the next fight. We're gonna go down to bantamweights. Damon Blackshear versus Farid Basharat. Blackshear, ferocious. No, sorry, that, that's the other man. The monster Blackshear. They both have names that are plays on on their first names. So the monster Damon Blackshear, or is Damon short for the monster? Did his parents name him the monster? <laughs> I don't I don't believe so. Imagine naming your child a monster when you when they were born. It'd be it'd be pretty great. I can see it after they they hit what three or something, then you can call them. Uh I I would say two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Terrible twos, that's right. All right. Blackshear, 12, 4, and 1, one knockout, eight submission. He's eight submissions. He's 0, 0 and 1 in the UFC. So he drew in his last fight, his only fight in the UFC. He's gone four oh and one over his last five. He's not lost a fight since February of twenty twenty one. He was one known Bellator. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. A lot of mantles already. Uh, used to fight at featherweight, two inches taller, one inch reach on Basharat. We got a strike differential of minus 2.4 strikes per minute. So he was outstruck by almost two and a half strikes in his UFC debut, which was, I can't remember who it was against, Dan. Yusuf uh, so Zalal. Yes, a very, and I think it was short notice. Yes, was it was. It not? Yes. Very, very tough. Uh, and he's not getting much easier uh, opponent here because he's at plus 355 ferocious fraud basharat um brother of javid basharat this is the worst of the two brothers right there's always a worse of the two brothers in these things he he's, he's is lesser he is, of the two not worse. he is definitely the lesser of the two javid is is the uh is the, the snow leopard's number one here <laughs> snow snow leopard number one could be a good name for an episode uh Ferocious fraud is nine and oh with one knockout five submissions this is his debut after going one and oh in contender series I think you had him. What do you have him listed at? Do you remember where you had him ranked after contender series? Uh, I would guess long career or the edge of possibly ranked. Uh, yeah, maybe it was ranked. You know what, guys? I'm gonna look it up on the air because that's what people like. They like counting and they like when people look things up while they're while they're recording a podcast, right? That those are my favorite things. Yeah, I have looked it up before and I. Uh, already forget because this was a whole two days ago dan when i when i did the research (laughs) everything is in and out by that all right farid is under likely to make the rankings very good okay now we got that out of the way let me tell you about the rest of his resume that's the most important part what dan thinks of him but anyhow he used to fight at featherweight used to fight at welterweight so way up there uh he's three years younger than blackshear uh we're all these upcoming stats are based off of one fight for each man. His striking stats are better than, and grappling stats are better than Black Shears. He was 4.3 times more active landing strikes, so very much more active landing strikes than Black Shear was in their fight. He outstruck his contender series opponent by almost six strikes a minute, 5.93 strikes a minute. He's at minus 475. Um, I'll, I'll ride with the lesser Black uh, Basher out here. I, I thought Black Shear was pretty good coming in the UFC, but he's he's been given another rough hand here. So give me the big favorite here, because that's who I am, Jeff Chalks Fox. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Basharat too, but I will say, uh, as a word of caution to people who are like, just this is something you throw in a parlay, because they, you know, you see those negative no, no, no. 400 odds. I really don't think so on this one. I, no. I, I think Basharat wins this fight, but I think we're paying Javid Basharat prices for Fareed Basharat. Uh, I, I think that's the problem here, is that they... The resume of his brother and his brother's, uh, you know, like what people think of his brother are kind of like shining through a little bit too much um, because Blackshear is good. But also, I will say this before anybody goes, well, if Blackshear is good and, and we think he's the lesser brother. Why not just jump at the dog prices? The thing about Blackshear is he has had trouble with people who can match his wrestling. 
right? Like the, the reasons the law won is he, you know, he scored a takedown in that fight. And, you know, if you go back to the other people who have beaten Blackshear, we're talking about like Pat Sabatini and Danny Sabatello. And like, I, I don't think Basharat is that good as those guys, but he is a guy who likes to wrestle and does good things on the ground. So I give him a pretty good chance to do that here against Blackshear, just not negative 475 good. Yep. Works for, yeah, that's what I thought when I saw this line. I thought it was going to be a lot closer uh, than it. Um, so we were going with Blackshear, uh, not Blackshear, Basharat. But take those words uh, of caution. All right, um, this fight, we already broke down. Yeah, we made it right to the breaking down phase, right? It, it was last minute when this one got canceled last time. And it was women's strawweight fight, Jessica Penne versus Tabitha Ricci. Originally was supposed to go down. When was it supposed to go down? October 1st. Wow. And what happened again? Penne got sick and then the it took a while to get it rebooked as i learned on the top turtle mma podcast this week because baby shark tabitha Ricci is a guest on there that's right and she's a good guest i think you've she's had her before though, right she, yeah i've had her like three times she's yeah. she's always a pleasure to have she is a pleasure all right um penne let's tell you about her but she, she was on your show in the old days wasn't she negative nope neg okay fine we're we're fading her then uh she's 14 <laughs> 14 to 6 two knockouts eight submissions been knocked out twice, submitted once. Three and four in the UFC. However, she's gone two and one over her last three fights. Another however, though, guys. However, she lost her last fight. Two and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Three and one in Invicta and the champion there. Used to fight down at Adam Waite. Was that Waite she was the champ at in Invicta? She was, yeah. Okay. Uh, one and one in Bellator. So she's fought everywhere. Man. 2006 UFC, uh, sorry, pro MMA debut. Four inches taller, six inches reach at Ricci. Uh, she's been outstruck over her UFC career by 2.12 strikes per minute. So not good. Plus 250. Uh, Baby Shark, Tabitha Ricci. Uh, not a good nickname, but a, a fun interview and a fun fighter. Um, she's 7-1, one, one knockout, two submissions. Been knocked out one time. 2-1 in the UFC. She's won two straight fights after dropping her debut. Used to fight up at Flyweight. She's 12 years younger than Penny. Striking stats are in her favor, and she's more active landing strikes than Penny is. However, she has been outstruck over her three UFC fights by almost two strikes a minute, minus 1.94, and she's at minus 315. Over to you. Yeah, so if you got this earlier in the week, you were in good uh, good yeah. taste here because th this yeah. shot up, um, and, and it should have shot up. Uh, Tabitha Ricci is as close to a sure thing here as, as I think there might be on the whole card. Um, because, like, look, you, you know, you mentioned she's been outstruck by her opponents. That's literally just because her her first fight was on short notice up a weight class against Manol Furo. Uh, if you take that fight out of the equation, it, the, the numbers look a lot different for Tabitha Ricci. So, uh, first of all, I think she's got a huge striking advantage over Jessica Penne. Um, I, I think if she chooses to keep this on the feet, I think uh, she, she does just fine there and probably wins. And the other thing I think is her combination of just phenomenal wrestling and how she mixes her judo into there. Cause she, she's a judo black belt. Uh, and she, her, both of her parents were judo black belts. She comes from a long line of grapplers. And I, I think if she decides to keep it grappling, she'll be safe on the ground against Penny. Penny's not going to sub her off of her back. Um, so like, I think she's got the, the striking advantage. And I think if she choose to go to, to the ground, I think she will have an easy enough time there. So I, look, I, I think this is reaching any way she decides to win it. Yes. Baby shark is the pick. On land or, or in the sea, right? <laughs> on land or in the sea, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gumby begrudgingly accepts that that's, uh, that's the pick here. So, um, yeah, she's 
I, I'm going to pick someone who's 12 years younger than their opponent almost almost every day, um, especially when that's as skilled as Ricci is, as I said, on Lander C. All right. Before we move on, I have something to tell you about here. Underdog Fantasy. We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for offseason NFL best ball drafts. But they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Moving right along, Bantamweights again. There's like 150 Bantamweights in the UFC, so it makes sense. Um, Cameron Simon versus Leo Mana, a.k.a. Mana Martinez, who was the other guest on Top Turtle Podcast this week. So you got back-to-back guests here, Gumby. Love it. They scheduled it according to according to your podcast. Um, and you had Richie on before, Martinez too. Wow. Um, all right. Difference here, though, we got an underdog, Mana Boy. Martinez is 10 and three with eight knockouts. He's been submitted one time, two one in the UFC, got win loss win, all one in the contender series, was a regional champion, two inches taller, three inches of reach. He's barely outstruck his UFC opponents. It's 0.4 strikes per minute. Um, did I tell you he's got win loss win? I think I said that. So he did win his last fight. Um, his grappling stats are better than Simon's, but Simon's based off of two fights plus 255. MSP for Simon. Have we talked about this nickname and what it means? Do we know what it means? I, I have no idea what it means. Is it some <laughs> sort of um he's South African, right? Yeah, Isn't maybe he? it's maybe it's something I don't uh, like maybe the bacon a... double cheeseburger thing <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> J- junior bacon cheeseburger. Junior bacon cheeseburger. Is it something like that, but in South Africa? Yeah, it's the South African junior bacon cheeseburger. That's, <laughs> so that's maybe... another good another good title. That's, that's the title right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the title. Because Gumby says South African. Actually, you said the other one too. You are on a roll with the title junior. <laughs> what was double bacon cheeseburger? Yes, that's a quite a, a mouthful. We'll have to wait and see. Um, he is 7 0, Simon. Um, five knockouts, one submission, one no in the UFC, one via TKO, one no in the contender series. He's won two straight fights via TKO or KO. Uh, was a regional champ, four years younger than Martinez. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 2.25 strikes per minute. Minus 325. Give me chalk again. Simon's looked impressive. Um, I'm not ready to bail on him yet. So uh, give me a sigh. I'm on minus 325. Uh, this is where I'm going to bail on him. I uh, had a feeling. I yeah, had a and, feeling. And it's not just because I had Mono Martinez too on the show. Cause, cause I know some people are going to think that, it, but like, I, I, I as you'll remember, I, I tried to fade Simon last fight too. Uh, and, and I don't think I was, Okay, so I wasn't right because he won, but I, I don't think I was all that off on my my assessment of him because I, I actually don't think he's got a lot in the grappling department. Like, I, I think his grappling's pretty bad. Um, and I think if Steven Kozlow could have gotten it there, he'd have looked a lot better. And uh, the thing about fighting Steven Kozlow, Kozlow has almost no striking, like none to speak of. And in this fight, Mana Martinez is low-key super explosive with his hands. Like, and I know he's, he's just gone to decision in three straight fights in the UFC, but if you go back to when he was fighting for Fury FC, everything was a knockout with this guy in, in like early in the fights. And in, it's not like Kozlo had no success against Simon. And he was basically a guy who just is like pulled guard his whole career. And we've got a guy who knocked out Jose Johnson in 32 seconds or, you know, Casey Jones in a minute, or, you know, he, he knocked out Jared Walden in 24 seconds. Like this is a guy who just goes in and knocks people out. So 
you know, like I, I really like the idea of Mono Martinez having multiple places he can win this fight. And I'll also say this. I love that he's back to his coach that he was using when he was knocking all of those people out. Because, you know, for a little while he was training with James Krause, which obviously uh, is no longer the case for anybody. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it has to do with gambling. Uh, but but yeah, that's uh, what we're all about, though. Yeah, he shouldn't be. Um, but but now <laughs> we got Mano Martinez here, who is back to his like boxing coach, the place where he was knocking people out. I think there's enough holes in Simon's game for me to pull the, the trigger on, uh, especially at such like a huge price. Like what's his price here again? You said, um, uh, plus two fifty-five. Yeah. So like at plus two fifty-five, like that's a dog play I'm comfortable with. All right. I had a feeling. So, uh, we'll see what happens. We're have one, uh, pick that we haven't agreed on. Let's go to the main event of the early prelims. Watch weights, Ian Gary versus song Keenan. Gonna tell you about Song first. He's 18 to six with nine knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out three times, four and two in the UFC. He's gone two and one over his last three. He got knocked out in his last fight. That was back in March of 2021. So we're going on two years. He's been out. He's fight at middleweight. Has missed weight before at welterweight. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, he's barely outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.02 strikes per minute. So basically, striking is a wash for him. Less far, plus 495. We got some big lines this week. Ian, the future Gary, 10 and 0, five knockouts, one submission. He's gone three and 0 in the UFC. Was the Cage Warriors champion, three inches height, three inches of reach, and seven years younger than Song. Striking and active striking stats and grappling stats all in his favor over Song. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.61 strikes per minute. He's at minus 735. Go ahead. Minus 735. And that's. Yeah, I know. Uh, not even close to being remotely the wildest line that we see nope. on this card, as you'll find. Actually, that's tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Ian Gary. Uh, you know, like kind of with Cameron Simon, uh, I've been a guy who's sort of fading the, the Ian Gary. Like, he, he didn't look all that good against Jordan Williams. And you know I will always pull the trigger on the opportunity to talk about Jordan Williams. Uh, he didn't look all so hot until he knocked him out. I, I think there are holes in his game. I think he's not quite the prospect that people are making him out to be. And that being said, they they put him with a perfect opponent here in, in Song Kanan. I, I just don't think Song has very much to offer him. He's got a you know a chin that's been tested a few times. And, and you know, I think Ian Gary is just that good. Now, once again, am I pulling the trigger on negative 735 and throwing him in every single parlay? Maybe not. But even that price, I think, maybe is worth throwing in one or two of them rather than all of them. Yep, Gary is the pick, but, you know, um, we don't like 735 picks around here, but, yeah. He is the future, Dan. We we can't stop the future, okay? We can't. All right. It's him and Macy Barber. That's our future. Yeah, maybe they'll have a fight, <laughs> and we'll decide who really is the future. Um, all right. That is the early prelims. We're going on to the main prelims. ESPN News sits on this week and ESPN Plus. Um, TSN, one of the TSNs up here in Canada, TSN 5, usually it's on, I guess. And this one's starting at 8 o'clock, as per usual, for pay-per-views. Middleweights, Julian Marquez versus Mark andre Berrio. A couple of our favorite nicknames in this fight, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. We'll start with the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez. 9-3, 6 knockouts, 3 submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents. He's been knocked out one time. 3-2 and two in the UFC. He's gone 2-1 over his last 3. Lost his last fight via knockout, so that's the one time he's been stopped. Has missed weight before. 1-0 in Contender Series. He used to fight up at... Light heavyweight, he's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 0.34 strikes per minute. He's inch taller than Berrio. He's out 
already did the outstriking thing. Plus 130 is the number for him. Power bar. We still don't know what that means, right? Have you no, had I know. I think it. I think it's got to be a play on his last name, right? Yes. Power, Power yeah. bar Barrio. Yeah, I guess so. Just have him on and find out. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. He speaks English. Come on. Um, he's 14 to six with one no contest, nine knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked at once, submitted once. Three and five in the UFC with one no contest. He's gone lost, win, loss over his last three. He got submitted in his last fight. Fight before, uh, the loss before that, he got knocked out. He's failed a drug test in the past. Uh, multiple reach championships on his. Mantle. Finally, we got that again. Used to fight at light heavyweight as well. Two inches of reach on Marquez. Striking and active striking stats and grappling stats in his favor. He outstrikes his opponents by 0.52 strikes per minute. Minus 155. And it's me or you? I can't um, remember already. This one is you. Okay. Give me the my fellow Canadian, Barrio. Um, just a more well-rounded fighter than Marquez. Uh, good on the feet and much better than him on on the ground. Um, yeah, so I like him in this fight. And I think he's got more upside. Not that it matters in this fight, but yeah, I, I like him as a fighter more than Marquez. So give me him. Yeah, and the thing I will say too, so I'm also going to go with Barrio. I, I think he's going to win this fight. But the, the thing I will also say about him is he's just so damn durable. Um, you know, kind of knockout to Chidi Kawani aside, who, you know, he knocked him out in almost no time. Like, he took an absolute beating from Abu Aziatar, right? Like, an absolute beating from Abu Aziatar. And then came back to win that fight in the third round. And, you know, you, you could also say, you know, man, did that dude take a beating from Anthony Hernandez until he, you know, he eventually got tapped out in that one. And, and even, like, you know, he had survived a crazy onslaught of Jordan Wright and wound up submitting him. And, I mean, like, he forced Jordan Wright to want to wrestle. Uh, that That's his good things about his, his chin and his way of striking. So... I like all of those things. And when you look at Julian Marquez and in even some of the wins he's had, man, does he look bad on the mat sometimes, right? Like yeah. Maki, Maki Pitolo like took it to him grappling. <laughs> and Maki P- yeah. And Maki Pitolo is known as coconut bombs and was, let, let's be honest, Maki Pitolo is just a welterweight. He was not a middleweight. He he just like went to middleweight for funsies. But like that, that guy out wrestled Julian Marquez really easily until he got caught in a submission. And I just like, I don't think Marquez's submission skills are good enough to catch Barrio that way if it does happen that way. Um, and that, uh, once again, it, it kind of gives Barrio like multiple avenues to win. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I think Barrio is better than Alessio DeCherico and Alessio DeCherico beat him. Also, Julian Marquez got taken down by Darren Stewart. Speaking of people who shouldn't take you down, like, yeah, I, I, I'm on Barrio on this one. I, I also think that the price isn't terrible on this one either. Nope. No, it's true. And Dan um, figured out how to like totally drag a couple people through the mud who have nothing to do with this fight. Yeah, the <laughs> breakdown, which I always love. You mean like but, Alessio DiCirico and yeah. Jordan? Wait, wait, I got Jordan right in there. I got yep. Jordan Williams. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get them all. And um, no, who else did you? Be I got Macy oh, Barber. Macy Barber. Yeah, yeah Mackie Pitolo. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Mackie um, Pitolo is fun as hell. To I know he is. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be smirch his name. All right. Women's flyweight. This is the right weight class for you to to uh, to rip on someone, but no. When's Macy Barber? Oh yeah, I'm back from vacation when she's fighting again, right? I hope. Man, I hope so. If, <laughs> if my uh, if my guest host while you're on vacation likes Macy Barber, we might yeah. have words. Exactly. <laughs> All right. She's not in this fight though. We got Vivian Aharujo versus Amanda Hibos, uh, a couple of Brazilians whose names I said correctly. Um, Aharujo is Vivi is the nickname. 
just like Dan's nickname is Dan. Uh, she's a Daniel's nickname is Dan. Excuse me. She's eleven and four, three knockouts, four submissions. He's, she's been knocked out once. The only time she's been stopped. Five three in the UFC. Loss win loss over her last three. Used to fight up at bantamweight. Used to fight down at strawweight. Was a regional champion. Inch taller, two inch to reach on Hibas. She's been outstruck by 0.51 strikes per minute in the UFC. Plus 100, even money for her. Amanda Hibas. 11 and 3, three knockouts, four submissions, been knocked out twice. 5 and 2 in the UFC, loss, win, loss. Also for her, used to fight also at Strawweight. Multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. The mantle is is um totally weighed down this episode. Uh she's got inch reach on Aharujo. She's more active landing strikes. She's got a strike differential of plus 0.189. So a pretty good uh she outstrikes her, her opponents less far, pretty good. And she's seven years younger than Aharujo, minus 120. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go dog here. Uh, and, and, and no, I know, and I like Amanda Hebas a lot. Like, I, and, and I I know that the Discord's gonna hate this. Uh, they love Amanda Hebas. I love Amanda Hebas as a fighter. I love her as a person. I love her as a gif. Like, I, I, I she's she's a lot of fun for the UFC. The one thing I don't love her as is a flyweight. Uh, I yeah, don't love her me as neither. a flyweight. Yeah. And that that's what what ultimately sways this pick is like I originally when this fight posted, I was like, ah, oh, she could probably beat Arruyo. And then I went back and watched like Arruyo's real mean in the clinch. Uh, she's really freaking strong. Like what she did to Roxanne Matafari, uh, And don't get me wrong. Roxanne's not like the most athletic person, but she's really tough in the clinch and really physically strong. And, and Vivi just threw her around. Right. She took her down at will. And we're talking about Hebas, who, like, couldn't get her best shit going against Caitlin Chokagian, who gives up takedowns and stuff like that, because she's just too small. And so she's going to be giving up some reach here. She's going to be giving up some height here. She's definitely going to be giving up some muscle here. And, and I just don't know that her, her skills hold up through all those things. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go dog again here with Arruyo. Yeah, I think I said that Hebas had reach uh, advantage, but she doesn't. She's got two. She's down two inches to Arruyo. Yeah, I had her... Uh... I think for her last fight, I had her listed as a uh, reach advantage there. Uh, I'm taking her regardless, Hibas. Um, usually, I had trouble picking it. Usually, I go to who is better at striking from distance, because that's normally where most fights take place. Um, and she's far better than um, than Arujo, at least statistically, uh, from distance. Um, like She outstrikes her opponents by over two strikes a minute from distance, while Arujo gets outstruck by 0.34 strikes a minute and she's he is damn damn tough as well but yeah the concern as as dan pointed out is is the size discrepancy um i like her better at straw weight but at the same time i don't like uh, i also complain when people cut a bunch of weight so i guess i can't have it both ways but give me he boss and we'll keep her fingers crossed here um all right middleweights derek brunson versus dracus duplesis um let's tell you about brunson 23 and 8 12 knockouts four submissions He's been knocked out six times, 14 and six in the UFC. He's an OG, five and one over his last six. However, he did get knocked out his last fight. 2010 MMA debut. He was a wrestling champion in a previous life. He's got inch reach on Duplessis. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.66 strikes a minute. He's at plus 190. Still knocks. Another nickname we don't know about, right? This is another South African thing. Yeah, but I don't think Still knocks is a cheeseburger. So no, you never know. It could be could be some kind of food. Uh, have him on. Let's find out. Uh, he's 18 and two, seven knockouts. 10 submissions 
but knocked out once, submitted once. 4-0 in the UFC. He won his last five via submission. He was the EFC champion, so that's the, the big South African uh, promotion. He was the champion there at two different weight classes. He used to fight at Walter Wade as well. He also was a KSW champion over in Europe. 2013 Pro MMA debut. 10 years younger than Brunson. Striking stats are in his favor, and he's almost two times more active landing strikes than Brunson is. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by almost three strikes a minute. He's at plus 2.89. He's at minus 235. Go ahead. I think this one's you. Really? Yeah, this, yeah, this one's you. You got the okay. even one. Right. This is the eighth one. I'm switching. I had Duplices, but no, I'm switching to Brunson. Duplices did not look good his last fight. This fight do, you know what, do you know what I switched? The, remember this, this is the one that you switched earlier? This, this is the one, yeah, this morning when you uh, when you messaged me to ask yeah. me what time we were, we were going to do the show today. I said, oh, I flip-flopped on one just six seconds ago. I flip-flopped on this fight. Wow. We'll have to find out if you flip-flopped to the to the correct side. But yeah, my my friend was texting me all about it, and he, he laid out a lot of good points. That Brunson does not gas out. Duplices does gas out. Duplices just – I remember he did not look good his last fight. He's like, whoa, this guy is kind of wild. But he, he keeps winning somehow. But I think Brunson's going to be a bad matchup for him. A little concerned about Brunson's age, obviously, and the fact that he's coming off a knockout. Um, but I like him grinding out a, a win here. So give me the plus money, almost two to one plus money on Derek Brunson. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you, and literally for the same reason. Uh, I was on Duplesis. Uh, I switched over to being on the Brunson side. I, I love, first of all, I love the number. Uh, and second of all, you're right, the, the cardio is a big thing for me. Here's another thing, though. How many takedowns do you think Duplesis has faced in his UFC career? Oh, yeah, I, I did look this up. I can't remember at this point, but I have looked I looked up a lot of these stats at Nate Latshaw is, is his, the guy's name, and he has a great website with stats on it. So you let us know, Gumby. So he, he's fought four times in the UFC. He's faced two takedowns. Yeah, he's going to face two takedowns in the first half a minute of this one, maybe. You, you would hope. In those two <laughs> takedowns, one of them was in the third round against Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares failed. The other one was a successful takedown from Darren Till. Um, and for me, that's really all you need to know, because Derek Brunson ha- has fought and taken down people far better than Darren Till, right? Like we're, we're talking about a guy who actually manhandled Darren Till on the mat. He actually was manhandling Jared Cannonier until he found himself in a bad position in Tyron. He beat the hell out of Edmund Shabazian on the mat. He took down and beat the hell out of, De- you know, Kevin Holland, you know, like kind of name it. Like he, all, all of his wins, he took down people and beat them up on the mat. So yeah, I think Brunson is kind of being written off after his last performance against Cannoneer, but this is a guy who's only lost to the tippity top of the middleweight division. And I really think Duplesis is not quite there yet. And I think the price is paying for, for the hype. Yep. We're just, we're keeping our fingers crossed that Brunson is not shot, right? That's pretty much what we're counting like, here. But like, what evidence do we have that he's shot other than, other than like he died in the second round against Jared Cannoneer, who again... Jared Cannonier, what is he, the third or fourth best guy in this division? Yeah, and Brunson does, it's not like him getting knocked out is a new thing. He's been knocked out six times, so it does happen. So hopefully but, it doesn't happen this week. But yeah, it's, but we're going with the technical guy over over the, I don't even want to, even wanna, is the police is a wild man or is he just really weird? I Yeah, I think he's kind of hard to, to put a, <laughs> a moniker on like that, yes. you know, like to just say he's the blank guy. Yeah. Um, But I, I do think, you know, the, the lack of cardio is maybe my, my biggest yeah. concern here for him. Yep. And and ultimately when you're, when you're getting plus nine, one ninety here too, on that fact, it, I mean, like there, there's no reason to pay negative two thirty for depletes. Yep. It is true. All right. Let's go to the main event. 
Bantamweights, Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones, the main event of the prelims. Ha ha. Uh, Jones, five-star Jones, 13-9 with one no contest, three knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted twice. Uh, it's the only time he's been stopped. He's one in three with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights. He, his no contest originally was a knockout win for him, but he had marijuana in his system, and that was not uh, not legal back in well not it was legal but it wasn't legal uh for fighting back in the day so he really he should have another knockout win on his record here he was original champ 2011 pro mma debut five inches of reach on garbrandt he's been outstruck over his ufc career by 2.63 strikes a minute not not very conducive to winning there uh he's at plus 150 no love cody garbrandt uh he definitely gets no love around this podcast uh, since we've been recording it he's 12 and 5 with 10 knockouts he's been knocked out four times seven to five in the ufc he's lost two straight fights he's won one of his last six he lost his last fight via TKO. That was December of 2021. He's not won since June of 2020. He used to be the champion of the world at Bantamweight. He also used to fight at Featherweight and Flyweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Inch taller than Jones. Striking, active striking, and grappling stats all in his favor. He also has been outstruck over his UFC career by 1.06 strikes a minute. He's at minus 180. And my it's turn? You. Yeah, yes, it's my sir. turn. I'm going to go with Trevin Jones. Yes, sir. Uh, you're also on Trevin Jones? Yeah, I, I have switched on this one. I, I'm i like, I can't pick go, go with Cody Garbrandt, but someone on Top Turtle convinced me, you're right, you can't pick him. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think you can pick him, but also, like, are we maybe writing Trevin Jones off just, like, a little early? Because yeah. like, this is a guy who got, you know, if you look at his last two losses, right, out-wrestled a little bit by Rayoni Barcelos, um, outstruck by Javid Basharat, like no shame there. Yep. Uh, and then he was he was doing fine enough against Sedyakov Krokromanov before he got submitted. And before that, he knocked out Mario Batista and, and Timur Valiev. Like this is, this is a crazy five-fight resume for him. And yeah, he has lost three in a row, but, but I think maybe we're like writing him off a little bit too early. And to your point, his chin is held up against all of those people I just mentioned. Uh, in, in some of them, pretty damn hard hitters. Whereas Cody Garbrandt's chin is made of like macaroni at this point in time, right? Like it knocked out seemingly any time he steps into the cage. And when he doesn't get knocked out, it's just because he happened to land that blow three seconds before Rafael Asuncao did. Uh, because Rafael Asuncao also would have knocked him out. But he's also getting knocked out by like, you know, no, no disparaging to Pedro Munoz. I like Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz is not a boxer. Pedro Munoz is a submission specialist. Pedro Munoz should not be knocking you as a former world champion out. So, yeah, for me, I, I just can't imagine backing Cody Garbrandt. And not only backing Cody Garbrandt, but, like, backing Cody Garbrandt against the guy who hits hard. Uh, yeah, g- give me give me dog money here. Yep, we were both both taking the dog money. Um, yeah, does he does Jones hit hard enough though? Like, I, I thought this matchup originally was okay for Garbrandt because he tends to get sparked by knockout artists. Not Jones isn't exactly a knockout guy. He knocked out Mario Batista and Timur Valiev. Like, okay, I'm sold. He, That's yeah, all it takes to, to and, fade party Garbrandt. In, in the the Mario Batista one too. If, if you guys have not seen that fight too, go back and watch him knock out Mario Batista because that is. An absolutely wild knock, and and not for anything. Mario Batista is five and one in his last six, which includes beating Miles Johns and Brian Kelleher, and just manhandling Benito Lopez in his last fight. 
But that loss is definitely to Trevin Jones. And the only other dude he's lost to in the UFC is uh, Corey Sanhagen. So that that win aged very nicely for Trevin Jones. Okay. You got me. Um, all right. Doesn't like I said, doesn't take much because Garbrandt is going to have his chin out there uh, waiting to get hit um, and being being a knucklehead. So, all right. Here's our picks before we bid you for our, we both are in Jones underdog, both in a Brunson underdog. Um, Dan likes Aharujo. What do you, ah, I got rid of the number I had for her. Plus 100. Plus what? One, right, right. Even one. money. So Dan's another underdog. I have a uh, he boss. We're both in on Barrio as a favorite, both in on Gary as a massive favorite. I have Simon as a big favorite. Dan has Martinez as another underdog. You are underdog crazy. Richie. Both of us, big favorite. Uh, Bashrat, big favorite, both of us. And Rads Habov, a fairly big favorite, both of us. So, some, yeah, not a lot of close lines on the on the prelims, but uh, hopefully we can make some money off these underdogs because uh, I am the I am the fast and loose man who who picks a bunch of underdogs this year. So, all right, that is the prelim portion of the podcast, the, the long version. Uh, tomorrow we are back with main card, locks, dogs, props, hungry man, jong, super fan, parlay all that fun stuff. So um, make sure you get in the discord and chat with us. We have lots of fun in there. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. Uh, make sure you enter our contest. If you're in the, in the discord, Dan spams it with contest links. So make sure you get in there and you can also get in the contest at the same time. So if you like contests, go to moneymma.substack.com, which is the Substack I run and enter my free pick them contest as well for, for this event. Um, Gumby, we told you about his top turtle podcast. It's out now. So wherever good, find the podcasts are sold um all our writing at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and on twitter where sgpn mma is the main account gumby runs for us and he's at gumby real and i'm at jeff fox writer all right we'll be talking to you again tomorrow um until then i uh still knocks jeff fox bid you farewell and i also bid farewell on behalf of my partner el gringo gumby real bye-bye